Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. I am Louise Eddington, or Lou, and I'm an astrologer and a writer and writer of modern astrology, Harness the Stars for, to Find Your Soul's True Purpose. I don't have my book with copy with me. And um, I offer astrology readings. I have an astrology membership site various things you can find it all on my website or just search for my name and uh, find me everywhere (laughs) online so Jen hello everyone I'm Jen Duchenne I'm an Akashic reader I come from a long line of healers and I use my all my tools And the power of my illuminating signature signature cards, the illuminating journey cards. I don't have the box, but there's the back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, the website. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I provide divine soul translation, serving as a clear channel to my clients as they release emotional weight and activate fast track healing. And that illuminates a new path forward. And I help my clients express the truth of who they are in the world. And I do that through one-on-one sessions, workshops, classes. And I have a class coming up on July 11th for the uh, actual Illuminating Journey cards, the uh, Fundamentals class. And you can find that on my website. Um, And uh, yes, that's me. Okay, so we are going to be looking at uh, then the energy between now and the uh, partial lunar eclipse on July the 16th. But before I talk about that, um, there's a little bit of housekeeping as usual. We have a giveaway. We announced it at the end of the last episode, but I'm not sure everybody waited till the very end to hear that. So I'm going to announce it at the start this time. So we are offering four prizes, um, uh, um, an eclipse reading for me, which will look at not just these eclipses, but also uh, the ones in six months time, um, which is an audio reading delivered to your inbox by Dropbox. Jen is offering a mini Akashic Records reading. Yep. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So that'll be a live reading. I mean, by phone. Yeah. And um, we're all each offering a copy, a signed copy of um, one of our books, my book, um, Modern Astrology and Jen's Le Chic Cocoon, not Cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I swear this eclipse that we had yesterday. I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, but if you would like to enter to win one of the prizes, we are going to draw that uh, prize, those prizes on the Uh, full moon eclipse on the 16th and to enter you have to go to itunes and uh, leave us a review a written review and post it and then send a screenshot of that review by email to weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com to get two entries in to win a prize or win two prizes even maybe who knows um then you can also share our podcast on social media and again send a screen co- screen um shot of that post to us at the same email address um all names will be entered into a hat and drawn out um i'll probably 
get my daughter or somebody to just draw it so it's pretty neutral so um and um oh, can i just uh, jump yes. in and add that for people that have already given us reviews before if they'd like to share this on social media and send mm -hmm. us that screenshot then they can be entered in as well of course absolutely they can still eligible for that second entry and uh, lastly on each episode we're going to feature a listener question we do have um a couple we got we're actually going to feature both her questions because they're quite brief and both kind of related um but we do have questions from one listener today but again questions need to be emailed to weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com and we'll speak about your questions uh, live on air so on to uh, the lunar eclipse well, before then, we have quite a lot of energy. So I'm just going to quickly run through some of the highlights. We're recording this on July the 3rd. And of course, in the US, it's Independence Day tomorrow. So yesterday's eclipse, we're recording the day after the total solar eclipse that we talked about last time. And of course, that was conjunct the um, sun of the USA, which makes um, this period very interesting for those of us that live here and it affects worldwide of course but tomorrow on the fourth we have saturn conjunct the south node and we'll speak to all of this i'm just going to give you a quick rundown um i'm only going to do the major ones we have um on the 8th of july mercury stations retrograde um on the 8th of july mercury conjunct mars on the 9th of july chiron or chiron stations retrograde in aries um, also on the 9th of July, we have first quarter moon in Libra with the sun opposing Saturn. Um, and all this is kind of connected, of course. On the 10th of July, the sun is conjunct the north node. And I know we've got others. 11th of July, Mars in Leo is square to Uranus in Taurus. That's kind of a bit, little bit explosive. But at the same time is trying Chiron in Aries that is just stationed. So um, very kind of pressured kind of energy. Um, on 16th of July, we have the lunar eclipse in Capricorn. Oh, and 14th of July, we have the sun opposing Pluto as well. And lastly, just after the lunar eclipse, Ceres is stationing direct at zero Sagittarius so we have two planets or cosmic bodies turning retrograde and uh, one dwarf planet turning direct as well as all these other aspects so it's kind of a very um, volatile time but the details of the partial lunar eclipse are that it's on July the 16th it's at 10 38 p.m um, universal time so adjust from Greenwich Mean Time or Universal Time for your time zone. Uh, the eclipse takes place at 24 degrees and four minutes of Capricorn with the sun opposite in Cancer. Um, the eclipse also takes place like within hours or even less of um, mini eclipses or occultations by the moon of Saturn at 16 degrees Capricorn and Pluto at 21 degrees Capricorn with the south node sandwiched in between those two. So what that looks like is the moon 
covers over those areas and then the lunar eclipse happens. Venus is conjunct the north node on, um, on this eclipse, but this is a south node eclipse because the moon is on the south node. So it's a very much a releasing um, energy. It's also, the nodes are also square Pallas Athena in Libra and the sun and the moon are, are square to Eris in Aries. Um, and that's pretty much exact as well. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> so Jen, do you want to pull a card first before we dive into the energies? And I did pull a card too, but I'm going to let you show yours first. if that's uh, right. So yes, so I pulled a card from the Illuminating Journey cards and the one that came up is this one, 17. Um, and I find it kind of fascinating because we already have a reference to the 17 in the south node and north node at 17 degrees. And that's a key number for manifesting and um, kind of balancing things out. So, you know, it's it's the the idea of beginning something new in the sense of putting down a legacy for me, I, I feel like this card is speaking to ownership, to the recognition of who we are, like the place we take, the figure in this, for those of you who can't see it, there's a figure sitting with a, kind of this light um, on the one hand going down and the, like beam of light and the other one going up, so pointing to the heavens around some uh, various things, treasures and uh, um uh, telescopes etc and in the background there is a planet there's a, um, some kind of uh, what do you call that a spaceship of some kind this mountain with stars around it there's water falling everywhere and there's a pool that's shaped as a figure in the number eight which is really interesting so it feels like there is a lot of energy moving as if the earth is moving, as if things are changing physically. The physical landscape is changing, the world we're in. Mm. And that has a lot to do with, if we put ourselves in the, in the place of that figure and we say, this is me, what am I looking at? How am I living my life? What am I perceiving? And what am I accepting as real? So this feels very much this opportunity to shine a light on, what it is that you're focused on, what you're intending, what is it that you're building around and allowing the light from source to come into you so you're not being uh, distracted by the idea of what's around you, but you're, you're partaking or creating mm. that through the peace, the inner peace you find by balancing the two ideas of being a soul in a physical body, you know, a mind that has to manifest. So what, what are you creating in this time? Mm. And I, I love that, that it is kind of, that you mentioned the earth kind of moving and the water and the earth in there as well. Cause you know, we've got Capricorn and cancer in this, um, in this lunation that and we have so we have earth and water and and i do, i literally do feel like these eclipses are pretty seismic and the next ones but but that's because of all the other stuff that's um happening in uh, this major time of uh, change that we're going through so uh, the the earth literally could move <laughs> with all the energies coming yeah. up 
<laughs> going on in the next few weeks but it's well of course it's as without say within isn't it so right kind of earth and, yes and and speaking of that the earth moving it does and is moving all the time it's our mm. construct of what we think is happening that is actually mm. you know, impacting us like what we think is happening or where we're focusing is what is um shifting us or keeping us stationary Oh, absolutely. I just kind of meant there could be real earthquakes. Kind of oh, <laughs> no, I agree with you. I yeah. <laughs> or, or some kind of seismic movement. Right. <laughs> Water, earthquake. Yeah, tidal wave kind of energy. It doesn't mean there's going to be a huge one, but there could be an uptick in them. So uh, also fire energy right now over the be, before the eclipse, uh, particularly. Um, with the Mars and Mercury in Leo, I think um, the fire energy is really high. And of course, Ceres stationing at zero of a fire sign as well. I've noticed an uptick in the news of um, of wildfires starting already. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, some of them were a bit uncomfortably close to where we live. So. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, they're out. They're not that big. But, you know, it's still you just think... There's too many. <laughs> anyway, um, I pulled a card too. Um, and um, Venus is conjunct the North Node on this eclipse uh, in Cancer. And I picked the Venus in Cancer card, <laughs> not by um, design. By design. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's by accident. And this is, um, this represents love. Um, but, but it's kind of the love that's um, nurturing creative inspirational clear and fulfilling this is is love that um, involves clear communication with those that you love and it to my mind it, it really is about focusing on um on those relationships that provide the love you need as well as the love you give so you know if, if a relationship isn't fulfilling this is not the card for it this is a focus on those that do lift you up in life and that you are able to lift up to so that's and then look at that overflowing energy it's 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 a lovely card actually but um but it is asking you where to focus i think so yeah so there's a synergy between the two cards there definitely there always is (laughs) funny how that happens (laughs) yes So Jen, do you want to talk about the numbers? I do, I do. I'd love to. So I find it very exciting and interesting here. We have the 24 degrees uh, for the sun and moon. And so 24 is a six, two and four is six. And then the four minutes. So if you had to add 24 or two and four is six and four is 10. So I like that we have this kind of that reference to the 10 Mm -hmm. from the... um, uh, solar eclipse and from the months and the year we're in a 19 year as i mentioned this is a 19 month we know it's all about new beginnings it's about shining our light in a new way uh, stepping up uh, through change to become something different uh, then the 24 itself is a very powerful number because it's the number that allows all abundance. Six isn't a number of abundance. It's also a number that speaks to family love, kind of the connection with the people around you, the beauty and love of life and nurturing yourself, which I think is part of this aspect uh, that's happening, always needed and required as we've talked about. 
The 24 also reminds us of the abundance of the world and makes me think of the card that I just pulled because, and the one that Lou pulled, mm -hmm. because there's an illusion or we can look at the world and say, there's all this war going on. There's all this kind of suffering going on. Uh, and yes, many things are difficult and challenging, but at the same time, there's an illusion that, you know, that we must kind of, let all our energy bleed into suffering and to saving the world where mm. we're not here to save the world. We're here to be authentic and be who we are and express who we are. And so as everything starts to kind of fall apart, the more we connect to who we are and the abundance and the beauty that's available to us in the middle of all of this, having that spiritual practice, having that practice of what is my home, beautifying, what you believe is your home and your structure, uh, the more that abundance becomes true because it's, you know, the idea that I'll have a bigger house, I'll have a better car, I'll have a better job, make more money and I'll be safe. Uh, that's the illusion because then we have mm -hmm. to buy into um, someone else's idea and they're the ones telling us we need to suffer. We need to, um, you know, overwork and deplete ourselves and give 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 without any understanding of what it means to actually give and receive which is that energy of the six when you look at the six it's like a pregnant woman and the one and the zero connected so it's it really is about birthing this uh, the sustenance for yourself in mm. even though all the stuff is going or buildings things are falling apart what would be the thing that brings you into yourself, into the truth? What's valuable about this is the connection to people, to the people you love, to your home, to the tribe you're building. So I think that's a very powerful, significant number. I also want to mention the fact that this is happening on the 16th. And 16th is the, the tower in the tarot, which is, of course, interesting. So it's telling us that... Um, there are going to be towers falling and a lot of the towers that are falling is this reliance we've had on um, someone else will save me. This is how the world works. Mm. Everyone stay in their place and don't do anything they shouldn't. So there's going to be a lot of shaking up of the past so that we can be illuminated to move forward. Uh, so this is also a highly intuitive number. So I would say pay attention to your intuition. When you no. get a bit about doing something, you know, head down or focusing on yourself or maybe speaking up where you wouldn't have setting boundaries, then follow it, right? If you feel like there's some kind of danger, then follow it. Be alert, be aware that when when you know a building is falling down, don't stand under it. Mm -hmm. you know? it's like, <laughs> use your senses. Uh, so then we have the seven. And of course, that activates the seven of July. July is the seventh month. So this is a double seven energy here. And then we have the um, uh, eight. We have a 26 universal day. So we have the six, seven, eight that are activated mm -hmm. for this uh, moon, which is fascinating because six is like I was talking about, it's really understanding who you are, who you are at home. Seven is this intuitive uh, uh, intelligence that expands our minds and allows us to move forward. And eight has this energy of leadership that leads us into creating new things. That idea of, um, 
being the leader of our own life and seeing a bigger vision, seeing beyond what uh, people around us are telling us what is happening. I do notice as well that Jupiter and Uranus are both at six. Uh, Jupiter at 15, which is a six, and then Uranus right. is at six. Well, that kind of just amplifies the energy to me of yeah. what you were saying, um, you know, about kind of... Uh, because Uranus really shakes things up and Jupiter always goes large. So <laughs> I do think things are really going to shift on these eclipses, to be honest. Um, you're right. Um, you know, to, if I could just butt in, you know, all that energy in Capricorn, the, uh, the fact we've got the, um, and yet another occultation of Saturn and Pluto right before the eclipse, means in effect we have three eclipses in one day because <laughs> because occultations are mini are, are like eclipses um and and so that day this makes this day just crazy strong and i as i mentioned in the start this is at on the south node so it is about releasing letting go and a full moon is is always said to be about releasing um as well what do i need to give up and and I see it as, you know, it's more kind of attachment. And I've been saying this to my um, clients and my members and things over and over. It feels to me like we're being asked to to not, and I don't mean this in an ostrich burying the head in the, in the sand kind of way, but it's to bring our focus within to, as Jen said, to focus on self-love, so loving those that really matter loving where you are kind of thing your environment kind of it brings to mind kind of real um kind of going back to home basics you know i've actually <laughs> strangely enough with all this energy building i am not a gardener i have been um out there more kind of tending and touching plants and and just feeling like i need to really connect with what really matters more than um, focusing on what's happening in the news, focusing, you know, what's with what's happening in um, in the outer world with finances, things like that, because in the end, it's going to do what it's going to do, um, as Jen said. So, you know, may as well focus on the things that really matter and that I can look after. So that's, I feel, what we're being asked to do as well as, um, you know, we're basically in agreement um, because we're being pulled to that north node in cancer which is next to venus almost exactly and venus represents our relationship to other people and to um nature as well um and and money also so there's an element really of kind of um saving protecting and things as well let go of the attachment to spending and buying more and more stuff and just rein it in a little bit you know it feels like just keep your head down and just just focus on love of what's really around you you know <laughs> yep. which reminds me the six the other aspect of the six that's so important is to be responsible it's about mm. responsibility and responsibility has more to do with our responses to what we're experiencing mm. uh, than it is about you know, other people tell me this is what responsibility looks like. Yes. Um, and it's 
Very interesting because here we have all of this, the idea of the North Node being with the sun. So we kind of have a flip with that, of course, right? And that idea of what do we shine our light on? What are we kind of expanding into? Uh, for me, I always see as Venus uh, as the, uh, you know, it's a creative aspect of us. Mm-hmm. It's the creator within us that allows us to uh, see the value of what there is instead of creating a value around something that is intangible but also in a sense useless it's controlling us like many of us have this belief system around money and i I think money is wonderful and it really is a wonderful tool but then it is a tool it's not um we could actually survive very well if without a monetary system that is like this, we could have something else bothering when we know we're moving into a different monetary system because this is what happens when we're at a revolutionary time that we're at, the money system changes. Um, and so what is the money really? It's a, a form of exchange. So what are we kind of, you know, what have we been worshiping in the sense of uh, when you put something on a pedestal of saying, oh, this is some kind of God, this is some kind of mm. you know, greater being that uh, has command over me and I can't tell it what to do and I've got to behave a certain way, uh, then we are indebted to it, which mm. is another aspect of uh, Venus. And of course, here we have Venus at 16, the degree I was talking about, this idea of, you know, letting go of the past it's it's this idea of looking to be illuminated and changing our thinking and our ideas and seeing the light about Mm -hmm. oh i've been putting all my attention and all my devotion to something that is um basically stealing my energy you know taking my power so there are so many ways like it's not money per se but it's people that are hungry for money or hungry to control us by dangling money and going, look, if you do what I want, you'll have some of this and doing things. uh, And I think the leaders of many countries, including uh, uh, um, the U S right now is this, the obsession with having power, which they believe money gives them Mm. power over others uh, is, um, is kind of leading them down a path to do terrible things to others in the name of what they desire. Like it's that idea. Who was it that said it? I forget, but the idea that the end justifies the means I can do anything to anyone. Uh, Machiavelli, right? I can do anything I want because, you know, I have this great desire to fill up my coffers, that whole Scrooge thing. And uh, we, to to some extent, we've all kind of played along with this and done this. And so here we are with this flip of being able to go the moon, our emotions, kind of the draining, the kind of pulling away transformation of and what may, what is going to make it real with Saturn mm-hmm. and all that. You know, also 16 degrees. I'm just noticing Saturn is also at 16 degrees. Mm-hmm. There really is the awareness of where am I putting my effort? I'm building something all the time. And my discipline, is it going towards this illusion that I'll have power and I'll be able to tell everybody what to do or or I'll be powerless or is it going to this awareness that I have the equal power anyone else does and where do I want to put this attention and, mm. and love and 
and balance and responsibility what do i want to respond to and always always when we're about to record these things i mean i always pay attention anyway but i pay attention to what's coming up that we're talking about and and just in my periphery awareness even but but in this case it's interesting that over the last couple of days um with clients in in sessions i've i've been called to invite them to write love letters to money you know we did did, were you in that class with me where we did that with um with Fabeku no you don't went I did uh, one of our mentors we've both worked with him but I did one of his classes where it was called a money lab and he had us writing love letters to money all the time to change your relationship with money to personify it and um, develop it into a conversation and a mutual exchange so if anybody's called to do that I think that's a really good idea under this energy the other thing that's been coming to my attention just left right and center is moving to you know not everybody can just go and do it so I'm not suggesting you just jump from here to miles away but it's the idea of self-sufficiency and and just growing a bit more food or maybe having a pot of that you know hydroponics or just doing what you can to have be less reliant on on having to like bring money in and the job and all things like that so i'm not suggesting you'd go and you know live in (laughs) at all yeah yeah but just these slight shifts just so that you are maybe growing a bit more of your food and and so it's a little less um reliant on you know the big box stores and going and buying all this Oh, more the Mormons in in Utah where I live, they all have these big storerooms of these big barrels of food and oats and things that they have to swap out like every six months in case of you know the world falling apart. That's taking it too far, I think. <laughs> this is about being in relationship with, because then again you're relying on something out there. You're relying on having all this money, earning all this money to go and buy all these big supplies every six months that go out of date and you have to replace them. <laughs> well, that's an illusion of safety, right? You can, you know, and that's the thing. If you're using money to give you an illusion of safety or an illusion mm-hmm. of power, that in the end is all bullshit. So mm-hmm. it's like you're, you're, uh, you're actually deifying an idea that's outside of you. Yeah. Truth is that any moment anything can happen. Like we're not saying it's going to, but it could, right? You could have a flood. It could be a fire. Your house collapses, whatever. Uh, You're not at your house when the disaster happens and you don't have a connection to this food now you've stored. So what do you do then? When you're self-reliant in the sense like you know who you are, that's the Mm -hmm. point of getting creative, really getting clear about who you are are and what you desire to to kind of bring into the world to birth what do you want to express who do you want to be when you're seeing people in these places where people are suffering and other people are are, are, are kind of detached from the world because they or, or disengaged or whatever because they've yeah. got all this money mm-hmm. this is a tribal time so like Lou was saying like the idea of being self-sufficient with your food or finding other people to do things with so 
it, it's not saying you must isolate yourself. It's just saying you must be ready to deal with what happens instead of falling apart because uh, someone else is suffering or falling apart because somebody accuses you of something or because the leader of your country does some crazy stuff. Uh, what, what does it mean to you and what do you need to do? So you're not pretending it's not there, but you also know you can handle it because you have inner strength. You have inner truth and you have resources, not only inside of yourself, not only to the universe, but to the world, the resources. This is such a huge part of, I think, the whole uh, picture right now. Venus and even Uranus and, and Jupiter reminding us, what is it? How do we use what is right in front of us instead of kind of dismissing it, you know, nature? We have to be very aware that technology does not replace our relationship with nature. It's wonderful, but we yeah. can't get so sucked into technology that we turn into robots. I think we're really being invited to reconnect with each other and at a more intimate level and with nature. You're right. Yes. And, and, and with things like cooking as well, you know, we've become in a, a society where people eat out all the time and, and, or buy ready meals and things like that. You know, even if you, even if that's your, you're busy and that's your life, well, how about one meal a week? Practice cooking something one meal a week, you know, <laughs> exploring the tastes. It's that kind of energy. Venus is all about the senses, you know, very much so. Um, and what you can touch and smell and taste and hear. Just sit outside and listen to the birds even, you know, just, um, you know, um, and again, we're not talking about, you know, prepping <laughs> the prepper world. We're not talking about isolation, as as Jen said. We're just talking about slight shifts of what can you do. You know, if all you could do maybe is buy a grow bag and grow some tomatoes on your back back doorstep, how about giving that a go and tasting what really good tomatoes taste like? <laughs> Absolutely. And there's so many ways you can do this in community. The mm -hmm. idea of, you know, buying a bunch of seeds and sharing it with your neighbors or growing a lot of tomatoes and asking people to help themselves or going and saying, I'll grow tomatoes. If you grow cucumbers or what will you grow? Let's, let's pool our resources. Mm -hmm. uh, or oh, this, this community, this community gardens. If you don't have a garden, right. you yes. could go and just, just for an hour a week, say, what could I do to help pull a couple of weeds, you know? <laughs> Exactly. I think there was a, a posted something about a guy who um, said in some town, I don't remember where, who said he noticed lots of people were going without. So he built a, a giver's box or something like like book, the things you have for books, the people mm -hmm. give away books, but he built it with uh, food items. And he just built the box and then lots of neighbors just go and stick in different food items and those who need it help themselves is like yeah. you know because you know there's a lot of people in need so it's this idea like what they say what the universe says what people who apparently know say is when we can be in that place of receptivity where we are connected to the universe and connected to looking at tomatoes and realizing when we tasted how delicious or the sound of birds or just doing some like smiling at somebody, you know, whatever we're doing, that allows us to receive because we're giving with complete, uh, we have no 
desire to be rewarded or recognized. We're just doing it because it feels good and feels good to us. Mm-hmm. And they say that when we're doing good deeds or you know, when we're telling good things to other people, there's a part of our brain that receives it as if it's being done to us because yeah. our brain can't distinguish the difference between, you know, if it's happening to someone else or happening to us because we're all connected, we're all one. Mm-hmm. And so this is the idea of how do we change the environment outside of us? We change the environment outside of us from what, how we change the environment within us. Mm-hmm. So what we do because everything we see is part of who we are which is a very powerful thing to recognize that somebody is not, we might not want to hang out with them, but they're representing something that is inside of us. So, uh, you know, along the same lines, um, I already mentioned that two days, is it two days after the eclipse? One day. One, the, the day after the, the partial lunar eclipse series, um, stations direct at zero degrees of Sagittarius. And she's very much um, associated with the the cycles. She is kind of the great mother, um, Gaia, really, mm-hmm. and and she's as- associated with the harvest and the um, the cycles of the seasons and things like that. And here she is at zero of Sagittarius, um, looking at the bigger picture and putting a and you know Sagittarius shoots the arrows to the future. So it's, and it's higher truths. It's also natural law. Um, Sagittarius is natural law. So we're really being more and more um, over this year being invited to step more into balance. That's the eight that um, Jen has been talking about where the nodes are on the eclipse. And, and, you know, we've got all these feminine energies coming into the charters more and more that are being used more in astrology as they get discovered with um, Eris over there in Aries um, squaring the sun and the moon on the eclipse. She shakes the table a little bit, but you know, I, she, she is a strange figure in mythology, but in astrology, I'm finding out that she is pretty much a, um, a benevolent table shaker. Um, You know, we've talked about her before about how Alexandria, Ocasio-Cortez kind of is a representative of the Eris energy. So are some of the others of these new um, women in our Congress. And then on the other side, we've got Pallas Athena in Venus ruled Aries um, squaring the nodes on the eclipse. And I always think of Pallas Athena as, um, as very Venus like, but Venus squared. She's got a, she's got the spear. She's a little bit more, um, She's prepared to go in and fight more than Venus is, um, you know, and, and go to, sorry? You said Aries in Libra. I'm just going to correct. Pallas Athena. Pallas Athena in Libra. Yeah. And Pallas Athena, I always call her Venus squared. Similar um, symbol, but um, but with a square, <laughs> with a diamond on the top because she's a sphere. So, you know, we've got this um feminine energy or female energy squaring this eclipse um, in the um, Aries Libra axis, which is very much about the I-we axis. Um, So who am I in connection to everybody else? So we've got that energy coming into it's um, I, I, you know, I think this time 
between now, which is July the 3rd, and the uh, eclipse on July the 16th is a very volatile period. We do have, you know, planets stationing and, and, and some challenging squares and things with, that could be a little bit um, earthquakey or volcanic. Um, Mars and Mercury um, meeting together. What day do they meet? Exactly on July the 8th is going to be um, an interesting energy, especially because it will be at four degrees of Leo and squaring Uranus and trying to Chiron. That could really shake the things a little bit. But with all that happening around us, I always come back when I look at this chart, I always come back to that cancer energy and say we're being asked to focus on that that's around us. Cancer is the crab. We're kind of being asked to get into our home shell a little bit and just focus inwards. So, Yes, and what's very interesting to me, I feel like, and this has come up for me with my clients, people I talk to as well, is this is this this aspect of cancer, which is kind of, you know, the shell is damaged, broken. Uh, it's it's created a, an energy inside of us that is misconception, delusion, all beliefs and fears. And it's like we have to create a new shell, go somewhere else. And part of creating that shell is being able to express what is true for us. Mm. And um, there's a lot of this idea, like I talked about before, and, and I think you've mentioned as well, is this idea of wanting to save people or... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, go yes this is terrible i'm I'm just going to hide from this which is we can't do that anymore but we need to express our emotions so this is part of releasing the idea that i have to be perfect Mm -hmm. i can't say what i really feel and so here we are we can say i really feel this certain way or i'm suffering and go and for us as witnesses not to try and go oh no you you're okay Uh, that isn't what's happening to you instead of doing that kind of thing and trying to Mm -hmm. make someone feel better with our, you know, kind of pap smear there, we're going, uh, I'm hearing you. Oh, I understand. So we're not judging them. We're not changing what they're saying. We're just letting them have their uh, opportunity to express themselves. This is a gift. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a gift to, to be a witness of someone else's pain or expression without trying to redefine them or say, Oh, you'll be okay tomorrow. Like why? We don't need to do that. We yeah. just need to be these witnesses. Or and, provide a fix. <laughs> right. Provide a fix. Exactly. Like, let me save you. Let me fix you. I know what you need. We've got to really kind of step away from that, that mm-hmm. idea. Like I find sometimes I can find myself, uh, what trying to when people talk to me i'm trying to figure out well what do they need and mm. really that's none of my business i do that when somebody comes to me for a session when they pay me for my help mm-hmm. you know i i can do that but when i'm um just talking to people or people to sharing things i'm just here to be a witness i can mm. just stop worrying about what i what i think is the solution because none of my business and just be open and just hear and receive and know and allow that person to heal through their expression and for me this is also especially when i look at the all these female signs that are coming in and being so um, defined and definite and uh, warrior-like mm-hmm. is 
this breaking away of the old structure of what a female is, that the female mm-hmm. is there to save and, you know, uh, just keep shoveling food in people's mouths and not thinking about themselves and just doing all these things that will uh, prop up the illusion of, you know, government and somebody who thinks they're in charge and all these idols. And that's, to me, is what these uh, female energies are doing, this idea of series you know, nature can be really tough. It's not just all softness and beauty. There is a harshness to nature, but it's a harshness from a place of this is necessary. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to have that. Just like this idea of Pallas Athena, they, sometimes we need to do things that we may feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to forgive this person. Or, I'm not going to try to uh, figure things out because this person's a jerk. Uh, that's great but at the same time that to me and what i feel is like important right now is what will be a win-win situation what will let them be heard and me be freed from the idea of needing to um, pacify them Mm. or needing to to agree with them like they can tell me their story and i can witness and uh, without feeling shame you're suffering oh how can i save you or anything or any pity because as soon as we feel pity we're actually saying that they're less than we are so that my point of all this saying all this is kind of if i look at someone like even trump or someone like that who is this volatile being and i think he is going to express a lot of anger and pain Mm. and things to us and we may not know why and we may feel like oh shut up jerk just go away or stop doing the terrible things you're doing but really if we can just hold space for a person a human in pain Mm. uh, and just hear what he says without being triggered by it then we can be released from the need like i hear you i hear what you had to say you put your words out into the world Uh, you're getting an energy of healing but i don't have to do anything about what you're saying i don't need to agree with it i don't need to go along with you nothing i can just carry on doing what i'm doing i do have to say his talking of donald his uh, uh, the eclipse is sitting on his um saturn and venus jen and i looked at that just before we started um and that's um you know that's certainly putting a little bit of um of pressure on him for sure um not that you know i'm particularly feeling sorry for him but we can kind of have this um detached empathy that just means we're not going to save them and incidentally if anybody wants to watch something just fun and um and short about expressing empathy without trying to fix Brene brown's uh, two minutes short on youtube on empathy a little cartoon thing is fantastic so just search that on youtube Brene brown empathy and you'll find it and uh, it shows you exactly kind of how to honor people's emotions and allow people's emotions without trying to fix them or or tell or dismiss it as well as jen said and say oh you'll be fine tomorrow kind of thing so that's a really good resource incidentally though as well speaking of the trumps um this eclipse is also um sitting on um Ivanka Trump's uh, lunar nodes and is squaring her uh, Jupiter and Pluto. We don't have a time of birth for her, so I don't know where it is in um, in her chart. 
but it's interesting that she has been more prominent um, at the G20 meeting this week with this um, energy approaching. So, um, so just kind of watch what happens in their lives without um, getting too wrapped up in it, because that's being in the Capricorn energy again, you know, we are going to be okay. We're headed, we're through challenging times. This, this two weeks up to the next eclipse is volatile, but you can kind of stay out of it. If you focus on the things Jen and I are suggesting, you know, if you stay close to home, I have no intention, not that I like them anyway, but of going to like firework displays and things because there is this volatility around and and I, I intend not turning the TV on tomorrow for whatever ha- is happening in DC because it's only going to, you know, you can, uh, you can protect yourself a little. It doesn't mean you don't read about it later or you doesn't mean you're ignoring it. It just means that you're not letting it take you out of yourself and your family. And, um, there, incidentally, I, I did want to say as well, fear. There is a lot of fear involved in both Cancer and Capricorn signs. Um, Capricorn is usually a fear of not being enough and never doing enough and things like that. We're being asked to release that because this is on the um, South Node and we've been asked that over and over this year. Um, and the North Node, there is a, a the protective kind of fear, you know, so we're not as again, we're not talking about the prepping kind of um, if I prepare this out of fear in case of the zombie apocalypse kind of thing, this is just gentle protection and nurturing so that you're looking after your own. There's a difference coming at it from a place of love than from fear. So uh, try to focus on the love basically. (laughs) Yes, and being creative and focused on, like, if you think about these these energies of the female, and what I think is so important about these aspects of the female is they're destroying our version of what it means to be female. The old idea of that was the female propped up the male, the female propped up, you know, if it wasn't for women like Ivanka Trump and her ilk, who have been conditioned to uphold the... Mm. um, the standards for these men to, you know, or whoever represents uh, the patriarchy to do whatever they want. Like if you don't have all these people backing you up, doing all this stuff, your party falls apart, your dream falls apart because people aren't doing it. So these uh, daughters of the patriarchy, which I believe Ivanka is one, and and she's, uh, you know, to me, it feels like it's a ten- there's a tentativeness around it, an uncertainty around it for her. She's playing a role and you can just see, like, this mm. is a role she's playing and she's not enjoying it. Uh, and, of course, the aspect of making money or doing all that and having power, clearly that's part of her upbringing, so that's, she's pretty comfortable with that. Mm. But I saw, like, a clip of her... Oh, with the G20 leaders? Right. And it was like it was like this little girl that had been prompted by her dad to say, go there and, and tell them what I want you to tell them. And yeah. she's kind of standing. You can tell, like, the way she's standing, like, she's, she's standing away from it and she's talking and everyone's kind of, like, looking, like she's talking at them and they're like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about and we don't care. I and 
I almost actually felt sorry for her a little bit. But I, I think again, like when we say feel sorry for people, I know it's easy and we are, and I don't, of course I'm not telling you what to do, not that you'd listen because I know you're opinionated and that's a good well, I, well, I wasn't feeling sorry for <laughs> But I, I'm just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> feeling sorry for people is, it's like we're t- taking away their power. Everyone's a divine being. We're all equal, no matter how we act in the world. So it's recognizing you're making a choice. You know, all of us are making choices. So we can make disempowered choices. We can make empowered choices. So looking at Donald or any of those people and saying, oh, I really feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for them. I, that's I just, why, again, that's why I said almost feel sorry for them. Right. But I also have to remind myself that these are empowered beings yeah. making choices and you know, we're all divinely led and we get to do what we want to do. Like, how do we want to spend this creativity? How do we want to spend the abundance that's being given to us by the earth? That we can be here and do this in this body, be in this vessel and, uh, you know, fulfill whatever we desire. I did want to mention what I think is interesting about Eris is this idea. She is a, um, for me, I see her, as the destructive force that is a, um, what's the word Dis- discerning it's a discerning force she's mm-hmm. not when she comes in and she does the stuff when she rolls the dice when she throws things into like uh, and, and Uranus in many ways is similar mm-hmm. there is no kind of emotion behind it it's not out of spite it's not out of um, not a desire to it's not, no no and it's it's more of this is what needs to be done to move things along to change the perspective like this is what happens when we have some disaster happening it kind of blows everything out of water because you're going i've been so focused on how i was feeling about this and how i was going to do this and now this huge thing has happened and none of that matters interestingly i did a i did a web webinar on um eris for the cosmic intelligence agency and and um and julia the the lead, the kind of who runs the cosmic intelligence agency she said well eris what about all those stories in the myths of her being on the on the battlefield bathed in blood and kind of reveling in the blood and i'm going that's a part of us you know there's a part of us that we really you know she's not vindictive she's not it's not in that way she doesn't rage and it's not impulsive but she knows that that battle had to happen so she's going myths are gory like that it doesn't um, and our sensibilities go oh blood bathed in blood how could you revel in that but there is a little part of that when you know something's got to happen you kind of think oh well let's revel that this had to happen kind of thing right mm-hmm. I, I think there is a certain joy even in this time for me uh, there's a part of me of course the human self is struggling with some of it yeah. but the the bigger part of me goes this is so great i'm excited about it the patriarch is dying at last right. I, mean, yes. <laughs> I mean there's some ugly scenes and people are uh, in pain over it mm-hmm. but again we have to recognize many of these this is my belief many of these souls came here to do this knowing uh, and in fact, I was at a, a, a spiritual group I go to once a month and we go to this, we do this meditation. We're taking through a meditation. The first part is more about connecting to ourselves. The second part is about um, sending 
light and love and energy to the world. Mm -hmm. And I had this uh, vision while I was doing this. It was very powerful. I was, I was like, brought me to tears. I was uh, tears coming out of my eyes because I could see there were all these people it was like me and everyone else in these rows and rows of people. And we were all wearing these like, I don't know, drab clothes. It was, everyone was wearing like a uniform, right? Mm -hmm. but it was like, passing the light i see the light in you and you oh, know, yeah. enlightened and you just see all these rows and these people just uh, um passing the light along so everyone is lit up uh, mm -hmm. and then i saw thousands of angels everyone was in these like like creamy weird colors but thousands mm -hmm. of angels going to like all these people in these terrible situations, the kids and you know in, you know imprisoned and mm. people just in suffering places, and they were just going and they were blessing everyone, and they were going, "Thank you for your service, thank mm. you for your service that makes me want to cry when I say that mm. but um, I think um that idea of being grateful that these are there are people willing to do this yeah. to take on these awful experiences mm -hmm. so they can give us an opportunity to change our mind we are being given an opportunity to say mm -hmm. i'm not going to hold up this bullshit uh, patriarchal system that has served so few mm -hmm. you know i'm refusing to do it right it's up to us like this is it this is why we need the strength inside of us this is why we need to look to these females that are the instigators of new belief yeah. new ideas because that's the intuition that's where it all comes from the desire and the willingness to you know do what you need to do to bring new things into being which includes sometimes being on the battlefield and it, you know it, it to my mind as well it, it it's all about reaching a state of deep deep acceptance that there is always going to be those who lose in major times well all the time really and and you know you cannot save everybody to go back to the 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 bigger scale you know even even um in a less kind of emotive thing you know in a discussion about if we switch to medicare for all um you know uh, somebody was going so what about all these doctors who might have to you know they're going to have to give up their their private practice and things like that i was like if it's for the greater good <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it's more loving for the uh, humanity as a whole then it's tough basic <laughs> and it's, it's all of us have to you know if you talk about sacrifice it's the sacrifice we are willing to make yeah. for the greater good like we all have to do it it's like people in insurance business will have to do that we all have to adjust yeah right as there's uh, um things shifting we're all gonna have to give something up or go okay yeah, I, and they'll be, be okay. win and, and there'll be winners and losers you know it's like you know some will be some will be gain more and some will lose more is what i'm saying well, but in the end winners and, but right. in the end, it's for the greater good so that's the thing is i think a lot of people get very fixated but what about me and what about what i've yeah. had in the past but if you think about starting over this is that line what do they mm -hmm. call it it's kind of the line of change where yeah. just you lose everything we all lose everything we've ever had so that we can all come new and go, oh, I get my share of what there is yeah. instead of I had that, so I want as much. It's like that is not going to work going forward. Like we're just going to continue to suffer and complain unless we recognize like 
that's it. We're all starting afresh. This is a new time. It's <laughs> what Eris does, right? Exactly. Uh, idea and Athena and, and, and the series. It's like, okay, playing field, everyone get out there, right? Yeah. And whatever you receive, you receive in the game. Yeah. And what are you going to do with it? Just the way Eris kind of shook up the uh, astronomy world when she when she was discovered. You know, they didn't. There was no designation of dwarf planet when before um, Eris was discovered, and then Pluto was demoted and Ceres was uh, promoted. Uh, not that I care about the astronomers; um, they're still all important energies to me. So I don't care if they're planets, dwarf planets, or <laughs> asteroids. <laughs> Yeah, have been raised in uh, um, importance yeah. and I did want to mention the thing about what you were saying about the blood thing on the battlefield mm. I find it really interesting there's a lot of stories of these different goddesses um, Sekhmet uh, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of them that are uh, you know these goddesses that are said to come forward or they being called when things need to shift and uh, mm-hmm. forward and they they uh, create a bloody battle f- battlefield and they get hooked into uh, blood yeah. i do think that is um you know part of the male uh, or the patriarchal explanation of this you know obviously women are crazy you know they can't control themselves when they they have such bloodlust you know all of that to me that's total bullshit nobody cares nobody cares that men go out and get right exactly (laughs) you know raping women to kind of down there this is what they do because they build up so much bloodlust this is part of why they they do all that you don't hear a woman about women doing that yeah you know so yeah it's just them you know this is what we do we put our fears and our ugly behaviors that we don't want to accept on someone else so that yeah. they can be responsible. And, you know, hey, maybe some women do have some bloodlust and some others don't. But if you think about when we talk about being in balance, that the female, this is about inspiration, new ideas, and then the action that is taken after that, right? Yeah. That's the male and female working together. I think as well, there's some reference to the fear of the menstrual blood kind of thing as well, to be honest. You know, the whole red tent thing, you know, with all these myths, it's like women are pretty powerful when they're on their cycles. And uh, so that comes into it too, pretty much. Right. I so, jealousy. I mean, we don't have time to go into the whole thing, but there's no, a we don't. jealousy and remembering oh. that having blood is what gives women the right, the ability to give birth. So yeah. men hated that part because you know when you look in the tarot at the uh card number six the lovers mm. in the, uh, the um you know the what is it called anyway <laughs> the woman is looking at the divine and mm. the man is looking at the woman so we know you know the power comes from the woman from the inspiration or from the female side of ourselves right creative yeah exactly well we're at an hour so and we've still got to look at our questions so let's look at the questions and then we'll just remind you of the giveaway one more time oh symbols first actually um i'll go uh with the uh chandra symbol first this time again okay 
and um, it's Capricorn 25. It's a woman wearing a mask made out of butterfly wings, wrapped in customary trappings, made to look and act the part superbly, programmed to do everything on cue, taking yourself in hand and subordinating all other factors to ambition, power and worldly position in a premeditated, systematic, super orderly fashion fitting the role. So good at this, you fool yourself. The perfect wraparound setup of simply turning yourself into what everybody needs to see. But because there is so much manipulation and control in it, this can become highly corrupted. It all depends on the motivation. At best, you will become a viable role model for a given set of characteristics of an advanced kind to be embodied perfectly. But at worst, you will deceive and beguile and manoeuvre so that so smoothly that nobody will know what you serve, who your master is and where all this comes from after all. Like often, I see this, these symbols as a bit of a warning that if you are keeping to those trappings of the rules, society, the man out there, this is what's going to happen. You'll be wearing this mask and... Uh, and it's made out of butterfly wings, though, so you can rip it off if you like, because they're very fine. So, or, right. you, or you can transform the butterfly too. So, yeah. yes, interesting. Yeah, I think it speaks to what we've been talking about. So that's very interesting, in a sense. Yes. Kind of like I get the picture of Ivanka Trump or people like her, right? And we all have that inside of us. Like we all have the ability to to be a pleaser instead of. Uh, pleasing ourselves and the divine within us so exactly so the sabian symbol capricorn 25 an oriental rug dealer Hmm. this is the symbol of the irrevocability of man's obligation to the reality of which he is part with the emphasis on his accumulated knowledge or acquired skills as an indication of his enduring competency on the more immediate or practical side. Self-expression here is one of the various advantages and resources as actually a commerce in human potentialities. And this becomes an individual's real service to his fellows. Mm. Eternal values are meaningless unless they are woven into the fabric of humanity's familiar transactions. The key word is consignment. Mm. When positive, the degree is an effective employment of the facilities and goods of a modern society. And when negative, concern over trivialities. All that we've been talking about again. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think the message of this eclipse could be any clearer, to be honest. So I'm the time leading up to it. I have to laugh for those of you that are watching on video, by the way. This is my mind shirt. This is, oh, right. This is my, <laughs> it's my meaning, you know, hands off my, the JJ. But, um, but this is um, kind of res- resonant of what we're talking about as well, because we're looking into what's, um, what's really ours and not what's, you know, not all the material stuff that's mine, mine, mine. So, 
anyway <laughs> I didn't wear it on purpose I suddenly was like oh yeah that kind of fits anyway <laughs> um the question okay we have a lovely couple of questions from Genevieve who is in Canada welcome to our podcast so we'll take it in two parts I think we're gonna have to be pretty quick with the answers though because um because we're over the hour but um she says, first, I've always been told that kids were more aware of energies. As an adult, I have the knowledge about how to calm myself down and recognize the signs of being disturbed by, for example, full moon energy. How can we help a little three-year-old kid to anchor itself and actually deal with it? Do you have any trick for that? Are you looking at me? Yes. All right. So three-year-old is harder because it's harder to communicate. For me, what I think is the most important for any child is to know that what they're experiencing is real. They are experiencing it instead of dismissing it and saying, oh, there's nothing happening, you'll be okay. To let them uh, uh, emit what they're doing and to tell them it's okay, this is the moon, you're feeling this or that, or tell me or do a drawing. So allow them to express how they feel and to confirm that it is real. Mm. Also show them love, like hold them, give them express love so they feel safe because that's really uh, the two things that we need the most. And that's what most of us are damaged most about is being told what we're saying is bullshit, and, not, and being denied love because we're not conforming. So I would agree with both of those um, things. One other suggestion I, I just came to mind as Jen was talking was as well as that, that if you have knowledge of the elements involved, kids are very elemental. So say if it's a lot strong watery energy and they're full of emotion, get them around water, let them sink in or have a long play in the bath. If it's earth energy, get them playing in the dirt, you know, <laughs> Um, and it will just soothe them because to be a, a if it's fire, don't get them real fire, but get them doing very, get them being very active. Fire is very active, you know. And if it's air, then um, you know maybe talk to them and read to them and things. It, it's there's ways to kind of tune them in with the energies better. But I think Jen's points were the most important. But the elemental side is important too. I think so. Right. And I'll just briefly add to that. You can introduce movement, mm-hmm. scent, all kinds of things to help you with those types of things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and essential, one, uh, essential oils and things would be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and just show how you feel, express how you feel. Like, you know, so the, the, the child has something to emulate. Like, what are you doing? Are you doing yoga? You're sitting in peace, you know, finding your center. How do you do it? So your child can emulate that. Mm, get them doing the yoga with you (laughs) so uh and the other question was we are getting in really intense period in a really intense period is there prediction of easier and softer times she says i know these intense moments are necessary to move forward but i was wondering if we will see the light after the tunnel well i will say that i do you know it's never over. <laughs> Jen and I were laughing before we started as we talked over what we were going to do. And I get questions of like, when will it end? And I'm like, well, I don't say this, but I'm thinking, well, when you're dead. But, <laughs> but no, <laughs> but this, this is a really intense time. Um, I, do, I do think things are going to be a little bit 
easier after this major conjunction of Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, Sun, Ceres. Is there anything else in there? Everything's coming together in Capricorn next January. I do think things are going to start to ease a little bit, you know, but we are in the time between actual astrological ages. We are shifting from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. We are um, both blessed and cursed in a way to be born in a time with the shifting of the ages and with all these energies and, and cycles converging. But yes, I think there is some light, um, definitely. This year is definitely a big challenge and so is early 2020. But I think things will um, be a little easier after that. So. Yeah, so my, my uh, feeling about all of this is these are opportunities, these very difficult times are opportunities for us to learn how to deal with what's happening. All these things outside of us, and I think we spoke about it quite a bit in this um, session, but it's an opportunity to remind yourself, you know, one of the uh, most powerful things we can do is recognize that what's happening outside of us or what we are being drawn to or feel stressed about is something connected to a wound inside of us. Mm -hmm. So an expression you can use is I am that, which is mm -hmm. something apparently from the Bible. I am that, I am that I am right? This idea, whatever's happening outside of you, whatever this turmoil is, is connecting to some fear inside of you. So it's recognizing, why is this stirring me? Why am I feeling perturbed by it? And what do I need? Do I need more quiet time? Do I need uh, a better conversation? I think it's really important that we begin to, as we are communicating with each other and recognizing what's happening, that we communicate by asking questions instead of assuming. And we can ask ourselves, what, I'm, what am I making this mean? Why do I feel stressed about all this stuff happening to me? You know, do I need to learn something? Sorry, go ahead. Questions are always good because they open up possibilities, always. Mm -hmm. um, you know, And I always call these things an opportunity too. You know, But this, this year is tough. But you could say that because it's tougher, there are more opportunities. You know, But that's why it's important to kind of, not just us, but listen to kind of people who kind of understand the map of the cycles and what we're being called to do uh, and, and kind of listen and follow the advice or get, or do whatever's right for you that pops up as you're listening. But, you know, the big focus as we've talked about this call and many times with the nodes in North node in cancer is about self-love and, um, sustainability, things like that. And it, it might take a bit of courage, but the more you kind of face up to it and say, hey, how can I do this um, with ease almost, then it will come along, you know? Exactly. And how can I love myself through this? That's a great, yeah. great point about love. It's just being gentle because we tend to have such high expectations about how we think we're supposed to behave instead of just being, I'm okay with being in fear. Exactly. What do I need? Maybe I just need to comfort myself. It's okay, right? Because if you do that, you have more energy to deal. I also think it's a good idea to have readings, you know, do yeah. energy work, go and do stuff that feel you feel aligned to because mm -hmm. that will support you in, in normal ways, right? Yeah. It so this is how we change. We change through challenge. 
They're not going to change if everything's comfortable. So on that note, getting readings and things, enter our giveaway. <laughs> no, we're, we're doing this for the eclipses. We've also been going just over a year now. I actually look back and we, actually, we started in May. So we're a little bit overdue, but um, it suddenly occurred to us that we'd been going um, over a year and we were like, oh, perfect timing for the eclipses. So get those reviews in share on social media, send us the screenshots to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and uh, see if you win one of the readings, you know, or, or one of our books. Both of those would help you as well. So, um, you know, and keep listening to the podcast as well. <laughs> so Jen, how can everybody find you online? So they can find me at jenduchen.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under Gender Shen. I have a group in Facebook called um, uh, the Life Club of the Woo the what is it called? The Life Club of the, <laughs> the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. Weirdos of the World. And I am doing a thirty days every day. I'm doing a little post on uh, self. Um, soul nourishment so you know that's a great way you can just join me on instagram or on facebook and just read or join in and um i do have my card uh, stuff on my website gendershen.com backslash illuminating journey cards uh, so you can find me on my website on the internet and uh, similarly, louiseeddington.com, my name is my website. Um, I have, uh, well, obviously I offer readings. I, am all, I also have a membership site with their various levels of rewards, similar to Patreon, but in, of, on my own site. I'm, I have a Facebook group called Planetary Magic Cafe um, that I am doing a morning pages challenge it was going to be a 30-day challenge, which would end tomorrow, but we decided to keep it going right through July because everybody's loving doing it. And I'm posting every day to remind you to do the morning challenges, and that's a completely free thing. And morning pages are one of the best personal development tools in the world. So come join us. It's not too late to join. It doesn't matter that we've been doing it for 30 days. You begin when you begin. So otherwise, yeah, there's my book, Modern Astrology, copy available <laughs> as a prize for the giveaway um if you don't have it yet why not if you do please leave me an amazon review as well that's reviews are everything for for the for podcasts books everything so um you know if we could ask you to do those reviews for us that would be really helpful to us so i think that's all my bits oh i'm on instagram too louise eddington and twitter but on twitter i mostly do the politics <laughs> <laughs> all right then um so for now it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me <laughs>